Education, Science, Technology, Arts, Culture, and Sports Academic Freedom Pimentel versus LEB Section 5, uh, Paragraph 2, Article 14 of 1987 Constitution provides that Academic freedom shall be enjoyed in all institutions of higher learning. Academic freedom has traditionally been associated as a narrow aspect of the broader area of freedom of thought, speech, expression, and the press. It has been identified with the individual autonomy of educators to investigate, pursue, and discuss free from internal and external interference or pressure. Thus, academic freedom of faculty members, professors, researchers, or administrators is defended based on the freedom of speech and press. Academic freedom is enjoyed not only by members of the faculty but also by the students themselves as affirmed in Ateneo de Manila University versus Judge Capulong. Jurisprudence has so far understood academic freedom of the students as the latter's right to enjoy in school the guarantees of the Bill of Rights. Apart from the academic freedom of teachers and students, the academic freedom of the institution itself is recognized and constitutionally granted. As held in Garcia versus the Faculty Admission Committee of Boloyola School of Theology, institutions decide for themselves their aims and objectives and how best to attend them. They are free from outside coercion or interference, save possibly when the overriding public welfare calls for some restraint. They have a wide sphere of autonomy, certainly extending to the choice of students. In Garcia also enumerated the internal conditions for institutional academic freedom, that is, the academic staff should have de facto control over the admission and examination of students, the curricula of course of study, the appointment and tenure of office of academic staff, and the allocation of income among the different categories of expenditure, state supervisory and regulatory power over legal education in relation to academic freedom. The rule is that institutions of higher learning enjoy ample discretion to decide for itself who may teach, who may be taught, how it shall be taught, and uh, who to admit. Being part of their academic freedom, the state, in the exercise of its reasonable supervision and regulation over education, can only impose minimum regulations. Any form of state control, even at its most benign and disguised as regulatory, cannot therefore derogate the academic freedom guaranteed to higher educational institutions. While there is a right to quality higher education, such right is principally subject to the broad academic freedom of higher educational institutions to impose fair, reasonable, and equitable admission and academic requirements. Plainly stated, the right to receive education is not and should not be taken to mean as a right to be admitted to educational institutions. By case law, the court already upheld the validity of administering an aptitude test as a reasonable police power measure in the context of admission standards into institutions of higher learning. Pursuant to its power under Section 7, Paragraph E of the courts affirms the LEB's authority to Initiate and administer an aptitude test such as the PILSAT as a minimum standard for low admission. Thus, the PILSAT insofar as it functions as an aptitude exam that measures the academic potential of the examinee to pursue the study of law to the end that the quality of legal education is improved is not per se unconstitutional. However, there are certain provisions of the PILSAT that render its operation exclusionary, restrictive, and qualifying, which is contrary to its design as an aptitude exam meant to be used as a tool that should not only help and guide law schools in gauging the aptness of its applicants for the study of law. LEB's power vis-a-vis institutional academic freedom and the right to education. 1. PILSAT 
in mandating that only applicants who scored at least 55% correct answers shall be admitted to any law school. The PILSAT actually usurps the right and duty of the law school to determine for itself the criteria for the admission of students and thereafter to apply such criteria on a case-to-case -case basis. The court takes a calibrated approach and partially nullifies LIBMO number 7. Uh, Dust 2016, insofar as it absolutely prescribes the passing of the PILSAT and the taking thereof within two years as prerequisite for admission to any law school, which on its face run directly uh, counter to institutional academic freedom. Second, other lab issuances on law admission. The requirement that an applicant obtain a specific number of units in English, mathematics, and social science subjects affects a law school's admission policies leaving the latter totally without discretion to admit applicants who are deficient in these subjects uh, or to allow such applicants to complete these requirements at a later time. Likewise, in imposing that only those with a basic degree in law may be admitted to graduate programs in law encroaches upon the law school's right to determine who may be admitted. The required general way average in the college course suffers the same infirmity and would have been struck down as did not expressly repealed by the LEB. Third, Minimum Qualifications of Faculty Members As worded, the assailed clause of Section 7C and 7E, insofar as they give LEB the power to prescribe the minimum qualifications of faculty members, are in tune with the reasonable supervision and regulation clause, and do not infringe upon the academic freedom of loose schools. University of the East versus Pipanyo held that the requirements of a masteral degree, albeit the tertiary education teachers, is not unreasonable. However, it is the manner by which the LEB had exercised this power through its various issuances that proved to be unreasonable. The LEB imposed period of compliance is unreasonable given the logistical and financial obstacles. The LEB is also allowed to revoke permits of recognizing given to loose calls when the LEB deems that there is gross incompetence on the part of the dean and the course of professors or instructors. LEB is thus usurping the loose school's right to determine for itself the competence of its faculty members. Fourth, legal apprenticeship and legal internship. While the clause legal apprenticeship under Section 2, Paragraph 2 and Section 7G on legal internship, as plainly worded, cannot immediately be interpreted as encroaching upon institutional academic freedom. The manner by which LEB exercised this power through several of its issuances undoubtedly showed that, that LEB controls and dictates upon loose school how such apprenticeship and uh, internship programs should be undertaken. The provisions unduly interfere with the discretion of a law school regarding its curriculum, particularly its apprenticeship program. Plainly, these issuances are beyond mere supervision and regulation.